Disclaimer. The following podcast contains explicit language and adult content. The content may offend some listeners. Relax and don't be a hater. Hello. Welcome to a walk in the park podcast. (laughs) This is Riss. And this is Babs. And in our podcast, we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of wine, cake, laughter, friendship, success, families, fun, the extraordinary. We're happy you're listening. I can't stop laughing. <laughs> I love it. Let's just get this walk started, baby. Woo-woo. It's so nice to see your face. I missed you. How have you been? How was oh. it all your trips? I mean, I know it was a lot, but I mean, I think it sounds like you got to relax a little bit with your well, nephew. Let's take our listeners back to the good old days in mid-August when you and I were together in Seaside. Uh, yes. Yes, right? yes. So that was relaxing, even though it was hilarious that I had to like literally fly and connect through Atlanta to get from one part of Florida where I live to the part of Florida where we were. Yeah, we're going to have to rethink that. I don't know. I know the drive is just so far for me to do it by myself. If we could get like our other, what? No, what I'm thinking is that you just fly in and we just drive you the rest of the Right. Oh, that's true. Yeah. For next year. That's right. We could think about it. I'll just fly into Atlanta and have you guys pick me up. Yeah. So, but anywho, yes. Yeah, so after that, I came home for a couple days. Then we had friends in town and it was the friend's birthday. And so, you know, I was trying to do a lot there to make the friend feel celebrated. So we were out a lot and, you know, I had to buy birthday presents and we had a lot going on. And then those friends left. And then a couple of days later, Naomi and I flew up to Boston so that I could move her into Boston University. And I was My gone for 10 days and I'm just back, you know, like since last night. So today is oh, Monday, September wow. 6th. And here we are. Here we are. And she is all settled. She's doing well. Yeah, I think so. You know, there's still a certain amount of nerves and acclimating and settling in. And, but I think overall, you know, she's doing pretty well. So, um, but anywho, you know, during all my travels, of course, I've tried to do some reading and I picked up this book that you said you were reading called zone one by (laughs) Colson Whitehead. And I need you to tell me more about why you like this book. Cause I started reading it and I'm about 15 pages in and I'm thinking, do I have the receipt to return this? I'm not sure I want to read this. This is not interesting. Uh, so we're- I, it's okay. So it's about literally a zombie apocalypse, but it's, mm-hmm. it takes place after the, the zombie, I'll say, um, uh, infiltration or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it was, and it just struck a, a chord with me, given that they kind of call it a pandemic. Mm-hmm. This is what we're going through right now. We're going through a pandemic. But it's, of course, we don't have zombies, although I consider some people going through it to be 
dealing with it. <laughs> politics zombies or whatever, but um, it's, it, it, I just like the way it's written because it's just them dealing with it and it's not so much focused on the, the zombies themselves, but it's just, I, I just, I like his style of writing. It's very different. Okay. Yeah, I haven't read anything else by him. He is a Pulitzer Prize winning author for a different book, The Underground Railroad. And since I'm, uh, I've been a fan for a number of years now of The Walking Dead TV show and Fear the Walking Dead, I looked to see when he wrote this. And the copyright is 2011. So, which I was like, oh, that could be before kind of we, this whole craze which by that I mean the zombie apocalypse part not the pandemic part we're living through now so I don't know maybe I'll give it a little bit of a chance a little later on I have so much other stuff it's a strange it opens up you don't expect that's what it's about in the first like maybe 10 pages I took yeah are talking about it and I was like and it's the way it's written you don't I don't know I didn't expect that right yes I mean that's kind of the confusion I'm in I guess like he's part of some military group and they're like clearing spaces and I'm like are they only expecting to find zombies is it like the walking dead they're trying to clear spaces so that humans who aren't zombies can move back in I like to know do they eventually tell you like what started this whole thing? Do they give you a backstory or are you just living it through their eyes in You're the present both. moment? Both. He's, okay. he, he's living in the present, uh, but he takes you back to before it happened. Mm-hmm. And then uh, so far where I am in the book, because I was traveling too, and I'm just trying to get back into every a normal routine mm-hmm. um where i am in the book i'm about three quarters of the way through and um they do talk about how it kind of started and where it started and okay what the, what the goal is what the goal okay is. all right so maybe if i give it just a little bit longer it'll it'll interest it'll pique my interest a little more but um yeah, yeah you should tell the listeners where you went after we saw each other in seaside because that was quite the trip yeah, so I visited a friend, uh, took took some friends, and we visited a friend in um, California. She lives, um, I want to say, a little. She lives north of San Francisco, but she lives south of Napa and Sonoma. So that was the main draw to go see her and then go to uh, wine country. So mm-hmm. her, oh, we got in. And we, I think we were there for a total of three days uh, to be able to spend time there. So we got to see, um, I play it, well, long story short, I wound up planning the wine tour portion of the trip. And so we were more in Sonoma than Napa. However, um, it was lovely. It was great to hang out with the friends. It was great to try some different wines. And we also got to Bodega Bay, which is like 45 minutes um west of where our friend is so we got to see the pacific ocean which was really cool we were happy about that nice now um how many how many wineries or vineyards did you actually visit do you remember in total i would say five 
five or six. Okay. Yeah. And how did your, how was your transportation? Who did you uh, hire a driver? Uh, no, we had our girlfriend. She drove the one we were visiting. She drove us everywhere. Oh, okay. So she wasn't really, she was just tasting, not really partaking fully. Or did oh, any of you? So have a, huh? Well, no, I was, yeah, I was just wondering, because of course, wine tasting, right? You can taste it and spit it out. Right. She would have like a sip. And if she didn't like it, she gave it to somebody else. That was Gotcha. So if she had a total of a glass of wine gotcha. at, at each tasting, but we, we, you know, I think that for two of the five women, uh, they had never really experienced a real wine tasting before. Oh, so interesting. They would, they would go and go to like five wineries a day. And I'm like, that's not possible for several reasons. So I'll tell the list why. <laughs> First off, when you go to a winery, and especially if it, you like it, um, because it's not just about the wine itself. It, I mean, a lot of it is, but you're you're getting poured glass of wine, small glasses of wine, like one or two hours, you're tasting the wines. And if you like something, you revisit it. That's what you call it when you want some more. And the goal is to get you to a point where you like the wine enough so you buy a bottle or two or whatever, or you become part of their club, their wine club. But the other thing is when you're sitting there and you're, some of these wineries um, are very beautiful and scenic. So mm-hmm. the last thing you want to do is get up from where you are and get to another wine tasting. Right. So I said, I'll plan for five wineries, but we're not doing five wineries. And the other thing is some of these wineries, you have to pay for the tasting. Yep. And you have to pay ahead of time for the reservation. So I didn't yep. want to put us in a position where we were paying for tastings we weren't going to. Right. So I would make reservations for places that we didn't have to pay. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of them, a couple of them we did ahead of time and that was fine. Um, but I gave them a really good sense of what it was like to do all types of wineries. So we did a scenic winery where we sat down and we had a picnic and we bought two bottles of wine and we hung out. Um, we did a wine and cave tour. So we saw the winery and we saw the, ca- the caves where they store the wine. Um, we went to just a couple tasting rooms where you just walk in and you, you order a couple flights or whatever. Um, so it was overall, it was, it was a good time. It was a good time. We went to, when we went to to Bodega Bay, that was exciting because we saw some dolphins. Um, although the one guy, he was out there, he was screaming whale and we're like whales because that could be a thing. I mean, that could have been a thing out there. The killer whales, I know the orcas are out there. But they wound up being a dolphin, which was totally cool. But then when we had a seat on, um, we went to a restaurant where we were able to sit down and have lunch. And mm-hmm. the seals were coming up. The seals were coming up because come in and they were looking for some grub. So some leftovers. Nice. They were hanging out. I'd never seen seals in the wild. I've only ever seen at zoos. Oh, Okay. Yeah, so it was cool to see them come up. We were all excited about that. So it was a good time. Very good time. Nice. Course, excellent to see everybody and hang out with them. Yeah. I know, I know. Well, wine, of course, goes well with food, which goes well with cooking. And as oh, you yes. and I were chit-chatting about, I feel like I need to get back into using my Instapot. And you said you're going to try to start using well you cook a bunch though yeah so what i found uh, do you guys like ribs or pork yeah 
I would find a recipe for ribs if you can put them in your Instapot because they'll probably taste excellent. I used, I did it in my crock pot because I didn't think you could do that. Uh-huh. And they were really good. They fell right off the bone. They were delicious. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm looking at my Instapot recipe book. I can do barbecue baby back ribs, maple excellent. spice rub ribs, Asian pork ribs. Hmm. So find a veggie that you like and, and pair it with the veggie and maybe um, if they, I don't know if you'll eat the potatoes, but you could do some mashed potatoes or some roasted potatoes on the side and you got yourself a meal. Yeah. Nice. So, okay. Nice and you'd be set and ready to go. Yeah. Well, that's I, I, yeah, I should figure out. All right. So maybe I'll look and see. Yeah, I don't know the different types of like, I mean, uh, gosh, and then of course talking about meat, I don't want to talk about it too much because then I start picturing the animal. I don't know if I'm more of a baby back ribs or a spare ribs kind of girl. I just uh, get what's on sale. <laughs> good times. Um, yeah, so I'm hoping I might go and try to figure out some... Uh, some recipes to start making in the crock pot, all that good stuff, just trying to get back into it. You know, you can, there is a recipe, sorry, in the Instapot, you're doing crock pot, I'm doing this, but there is an Instapot recipe for boeuf bourguignon. In the Instapot? In the Instapot, if you can believe it. Let's see how long it takes actually. So it has all the ingredients here. You, you saute the, the steak. Um, this, this recipe is calling to use a flank steak. I'm not sure that's, I don't know. Not unless um, it pulls apart. Yeah. Sitting in there. So that might, that might not be too bad. Okay. Like so it says, so then you put everything in there and it's pressure cooked for 30 minutes with a 10 minute natural release. So I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, maybe, maybe, I, maybe I will try it. I'll earmark this page. Um, yeah, I have to go back to this place just to tie back into wine and food that like in June or early July, I bought a bunch of wine from. When our friends were in town, we went to open this and it was corked. Do you know oh, what that means? Yeah. yeah. Really? Uh-huh. So, but now I've got to find time to go back over and be like, hey, remember when I bought this? I think they have a profile of what I bought at the store. So they, because my friend was like, oh, you absolutely need to return this. And I'm like, they'll know that it wasn't me that did this. And he said, yes, they'll be able to tell. Is that true? Yes. Uh, well, I mean, if they're, if, if they are a reputable place, then they should take it back. No questions asked. Okay. I feel like That's they're a thing. reputable. That does happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they're a reputable place and they're, I think, pretty established in the community. Like there's actually a restaurant. Um, and this is like oh, the wine shop. Um, so I think the restaurant's been around for a long time. We actually had dinner there and like the owner of the restaurant came over to our table and talked to us. And it's like a fancier, more expensive restaurant. So Ah. But anywho, all right. I feel like you and I should have like a little um, 
don't know if I'm going to call it cooking challenge. Like we should have like a cooking goal that we can talk about the next time we get together with our listeners. So should mine be Instapop Bouffe Bourguignon? Yeah. All right. What should yours be then? Oh, I don't know. I was going to make a shrimp marinara the other day, but uh, it, that wouldn't be in an Instapot. Or, oh, no. I take that back. I take that back. It would be in my in my slow cooker. That's why I was going to make it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, now we'll try the shrimp marinara because I love shrimp marinara. I just right. haven't had it a long time. Shrimp marinara in the crock pot slash slow cooker. I like it. Yep. I like it. I'm going to... I mean, not that like Florida and my 88 degree weather is Bouffe Bourguignon weather, but I don't care. No, you shouldn't because, you know, food is food. And when you're hungry and it's easy to make, then I say just do it. <laughs> Abso-freaking-lutely. All right. I like it. I like this little, you know, you're going to keep me, you're going to keep me cooking honest, Riss, because okay. and I would, I'm and you would be reading honest because I got to finish this damn book so I can tell you how it yeah, ends. Yeah, you do need to finish this damn book. I know I've got, tired. I know it's just, it's, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in life. I mean, I've been enjoying some of the books I'm reading, but the amount of books I'm starting and not finishing right now must be like, I don't think this has ever happened so much in my entire life. Um, right. Yeah, well, so. I mean, you're distracted. I mean, you got you always have something going. Now you can focus a little bit because I think I hope so. I hope yeah. so. But I was. I'm thinking you'll have to keep me apprised of your October schedule because I know you said you had maybe some plans. Because I'm thinking I might try to come up to Georgia in the first half of October because my friend who owns, you know, the Dolvin house, it's been five years. Oh yeah. And she, and she was maybe going to have like a, an event there. Okay. I think Thursday, October 7th is what she said. I kind of want to nail her down that for sure before I like, you know, buy a plane ticket to come up. But I oh. couldn't remember if that was when you were going out of town. Cause that's the Thursday before Columbus Day weekend, I think. As of right this second, I am not going anywhere. I I, I want to, but I, I I don't have any plans because I did try. It's funny. I was looking for a tennis tournament down at Bradenton. Yeah. And they, didn't, they didn't have anything going on that weekend. That weekend? Okay. Yep. Yeah. So I was thinking of doing that, even though I have to make another trip up to Boston at the end of October, the 22nd to the 24th is BU's friends and family weekend. So we were going to all go up and see Naomi then. I know, but yeah. So, all right, well, you keep me posted if your schedule changes and I'll keep you posted if I actually make an official plan because I was thinking oh well if I'm flying up for that maybe I'd stay you know a couple days see you see Jojo see some other people maybe you know gotta live the good life before everything starts going to hell in a handbasket like when the Colorado River dries up yeah well riparian rights are what we're fighting about I didn't know this though, or maybe I did, and I just didn't keep it in my memory banks. But it's so, so Lake Mead, you know, out in Nevada, um, is the 
Reservoir that was formed by the construction of the Hoover Dam in the 1930s. And that, you know, it's considered one of the most important pieces of infrastructure on the Colorado River because it supplies fresh water to Nevada, California, Arizona, and Mexico. And the reservoir has not been full since 1983. Wow. And so there's like all, yeah, we're just not getting you know, enough water. We're not being smart about how we use water. Climate change is screwing up everything. And what's going to happen first is, so I think like I read in this article, the Colorado is drying up fast by Abram Lustgarten. It looks like his name is in the Sunday, August 29th, New York times was, um, 70% of the water from the Colorado River is used for irrigation for crops. So as the river, I mean, it serves 40 million people, but of like the farmers are using the most water. And so as that river starts drying up, like people out in California, where a lot of our, you know, food is grown, are not going to be able to grow food there anymore. Like it's going to become a real problem and well, they, need to, they need to get some of those MIT kids on this and solve it because they've got a lot of water on the East Coast all the time and the Gulf when all of these superstorms come in, they need to figure out a way of reusing all that water that tries to flood everything. Or I still don't understand how in human history, even just in the last 50 years, how somebody hasn't figured out how to make desalinization a viable fresh water source option. If we can take water from the ocean and desalinate it, take the salt they out. So that they do it in uh, Aruba. That's one of their main sources of water. They desalinate the water there. Yeah. I just, it doesn't scale apparently. Like we can't get it to be cost effective enough to do it, right. but it, it sounds like it would make sense, right? So climate change is causing the ice caps to melt. The ocean levels are rising. It would be helpful to take some of that water out of the ocean and desalinate it. Right, right. You can help prevent coastal erosion. So yeah, I just don't know why, I don't know why people aren't caring about that more. And then here's the thing. So the Colorado River also supplies um, federal federal um, reservations and Mexico. So could you see like, we'll get in some war with Mexico because when the water, you know, really gets desperate, we'll probably figure out a way to stop it from flowing into Mexico. So people think the border's a problem now, wait until like 20 years from now when we cut off their water. Wow. I mean, yeah. I'm speculating. So it's, it's, speculation. I hope it doesn't happen, but I don't know that the public policy wonks and the people in charge of this. And, you know, you know it's, also it's kind of funny that we're talking, it's interesting that we're talking about this because I was just listening to a podcast called Smartless and it's with mm -hmm. um, Will Arnett, Sean Hayes and Jason Bateman. And they had Kamala Harris on. And this came up and she was talking about it. And she Oh yeah, I listened to that um, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. She was a lot more in tune to that than I thought she would be. I don't, because I don't know why, I just don't think politicians are paying too much attention to it. 
Well, um, she is from California, right? So water rights in California are deaf and droughts and fires. So it's definitely, right. uh, yeah. So I guess, you know, th that's probably something that's been on her radar, just even from her constituents when she was in the Senate. But And just so you guys know, and when you would know, because you have family and friends in California still, mm -hmm. right? After my recent visit, it's amazing how they treat water. I mean, my friend treats it like gold. Like she, yeah. if you haven't drank all your water, she puts it in a, in a thing on top of, uh, in her kitchen and a container. That's how she waters all her plants. She just, yep. yeah. Oh yeah, you have to be, yeah, you have to be so careful out there with water. I mean, it's just, it is rough. It is rough. And we humans need to do a better job of figuring things out. And of course, underlying the core of that is we need to figure out how to be more accepting and get along with one another better and, you know, focus on how to solve problems, understanding that everybody is not going to agree on the exact best way or things aren't going to be as important to people like to me, you know, this water rights thing. I'm kind of thinking, dang, maybe I need to focus on this, it, not least in part, and I can't do this professionally through my law firm. That's not the type of law I'm in, but they're talking about how like the laws on the books are exacerbating the problem and we need to get some different laws. So like farmers, right? They get like their water rights are based on seniority and some other factors. And so they're saying they, every year they take all of their allotted water, even if they don't need it because they don't want to be perceived as not needing it and then have it cut back, but they're wasting water. Like the water they don't need, they're literally like dumping it onto the ground, which does not help. No. I mean, yeah. So I was, but they're wow. like the law, the laws, the way they're written are to incentivize them to do that. So Huh. I don't know. It's all crazy. You know, meanwhile, then I sit there by my pool looking at the water and thinking, <laughs> oh right. boy. Right. However, I will say in the rainy season, I mean, we, you know, we don't use a hose to put any water in our pool. There's plenty of water and, you know, so that's not, that's there not a, go. that's not a water suck. I mean, at some point the pool was filled and that was a water suck. But, oh my goodness wow speaking of enjoying you know things I'm gonna go off and enjoy my family and maybe a little of this sunshine but I'm so glad we caught up and I'm so glad we have goals book book goals <laughs> cooking goals it'll be a booking cook the book I like that that might a be the name of our next podcast. There you go. We're gonna we're gonna branch out a booking cook. We need, of course, we got to get wine in there somehow. We got to figure out some. Uh, oh well, that's just a part of it. It's a book cooking cork. Book cooking cork. There you go. There you go. That's the new segment. New segment. New segment. The book cooking cork. All right. All right I'll be well, ready next time. I will. Awesome. Be. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I know Thank I will you. be texting you. Yes. Before we have our next podcast. Love yes. you. Love you too. Bye-bye. Tell everybody uh, say hi. Bye. I will. Bye.
up in the Super Bowl. Yeah. But you never know. You never know. But yes, I'm always excited. It's September. It's my birthday month. Football starts. You have the U.S. Open. This is like basically probably the best month of the year, in my opinion. College football. I like the fall. No, college football does not make my list, MB. If anything, it makes my list. That's a drag. All right. It makes your list. Ugh, college football. But anywho, well, yes, as our listeners know, we like to talk a lot about football in MB's corner, but we also like to talk about what else, MB? Tennis. I know. So tell us what you've been watching. I've been watching, I've been, I've been watching Djokovic play. Yeah, me too. Of course. Um, I'm very mad at the New York fans. I think they all suck. And they better start cheering for him more because they're losers. You know what? I would just uh, refrain from using that term as an overall because I am a New York fan and I do appreciate Djokovic. But you have to understand the psychology behind the New York fans. They root for every, anybody who's winning. So, yes, they've been hard on Djokovic, but they do love their underdogs. So if anybody can come close to giving him a hard time, they're going to root for him. Now, that doesn't... Uh, Bode well for you, Babs, but that is the psychology behind the New York fans. I just mute them and wish them ill will. Don't, because I'm a New York fan and you don't wish me ill will. (laughs) Well, but you're not there. Yeah, so it's not U.S. It's not New York (laughs) fans in general. It's New York fans at Djokovic matches at the U.S. Open currently. Okay, all right. They're not giving him enough respect. That's fair. That's fair. I can. They don't need to be cheering excessively for these no-name players who, because to me, then you're not a real tennis fan. All you're doing is rooting. He has a chance to make tennis history, and if you don't think if you don't think that's cool, and you can't give him some basic respect for what he's doing and what he's accomplished, then I think you're a jackass. It's interesting because you know the same thing kind of happened to. What did not happen to Nadal when he played the U.S. Open that year against Medvedev in the finals, and that was the finals or the semifinals? I, I think like it, was it was the finals because wasn't that didn't Nadal win that year? He won, and they were booing Medvedev, which I thought was interesting. And he was kept, you know, I can't, you can't see it because people aren't on camera, but they he was giving them the high sign, cheer it up for me, cheer it up for me, and everybody was booing him, but he didn't care. Um, well, Medvedev. <laughs> Was he was he's been a little bit, yeah, like of a hothead and a jerk on the tennis yes. court in recent years, yes. right? Yeah, he's dialing. Well, it's interesting it, you know. how it sways, how they. It's it. I, I don't understand the psychology. I'm just always interested to see how they're going to sway because they could have done the same thing to Nadal, but they seem to love him, and I don't right. know why they. I, they don't hate Djokovic. I just don't understand what. The psychology was behind uh, boo- not booing him, but rooting for the other guy. So I don't know. It was weird. It was weird. Yeah. I mean, I do think there are some people that just don't like Djokovic because he is going to out, you know, he is going to outdo Federer and Nadal yeah. and, you know, they're not going to go down as the greatest tennis players in tennis history. Right. They'll go right. down as, of course, as among the greatest, they'll be mm-hmm. right there at the top, but you know, all things, unless you know, and anything can happen at any moment, right? Like, oh my gosh, first of all, did you guys see any of that Zverev sock match? 
Yes. And, you know, you know how I feel about Zverev. I love him, but I was pulling for Sock, of course, because he's the American. And I'm so happy about having watched him this whole entire tennis season and seeing him kind of come up again and play very well. And he's playing very well against very tough opponents and he's winning. So what happened to him was devastating to me, but it, it, you know, it is what it is. There's been a lot of crazy stuff, like the whole fight between Murray and Sitsipas. That's been yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. The Twitter and Osaka fight. going down and breaking her racket during the match. That was awesome. I mean, there's First, been a lot of good tennis. A lot. There, well, there has been a lot of drama, but the yes. close the loop on the Zverev sock thing, it was a little... Um, you know, so I was just, I was watching it, obviously, you know, not live, DVR'd, and I knew what had happened already, but I wanted to see since, you know, the commentators were saying it's the best they'd seen Jack Sock ever play. And then, of course, you know, he pulls a muscle. And my first thing was, this is what's wrong with Jack Sock. And we've been saying it for years. He does not put in the time and energy to be in good shape. I mean, you look at him, you can tell he's not in good shape. He could stand to use a few pounds and uh, could also, you know, just do better conditioning. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, you, a, pro, a pro tennis player on the pro tour playing a night match, you know, it's yes, like. Which could start at any time. It doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily going to start at. 7 30 8 o'clock it could start at like 9 30 well but i'm just saying he wasn't playing in the beating sun heat of the day like get your crap together like seriously this is, i mean i don't know and then i couldn't believe because they were talking about it and they're like i mean jack sock finished the year the number eight ranked player in the world singles player in the world in 2017 yeah yeah. I was like, what the hell? How, yeah. for the love of God, did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. He's very inconsistent and I blame it on his, I blame it on his laziness actually to put in the physical work to, you know. Well, they've mentioned that a lot. Uh, I shouldn't say a lot. They've mentioned it about several of the players on tour right now, how they're just not, their conditioning isn't uh, where it needs to be. Because they're just they're falling or crumbling, you know, during the matches. Either the and then you had and then you had Barty lost. Go the distance. Yeah, I mean, and that's Barty losing. Let me tell you, this that U.S. Open for whatever reason is usually where you see most of the upsets. It's the end of the season. It's the last main part of the tour. Um, there's so much more going on. And I feel like it's always the best place to see the best upsets and the best tennis. You never know what's going to happen. You just don't. Jonathan and said now, the U.S. Open. Sorry, I was going to say Jonathan said the U.S. Open has a history of like putting Americans on, like underdog Americans on uh-huh. at night, like on Ash, because that seems to be like the crowd gets so involved. Yes. And just like carries the players across the Americans across the finish uh, line. Yeah, I've been noticing that there's no line judges. Yeah, oh yeah, no. that's been that's been the case for most of the tennis this year. I think um, maybe not the other majors, but definitely most tennis tournaments of a certain size. And good, I'm glad they don't need yeah, them. I agree with you. I don't, I think they're unnecessary. They're not as accurate. It's, and then it, what it does is it, when you have the regular people there, it puts the, uh, the chair ump 
on with more pressure because they either overturn it or they don't. And they might not, I mean, we can see it as from the camera point of view when they replay it. But well, you know, I mean, they have Hawkeye, they so have it's to. not- They have to, yes. Yeah, it's not the chair um, making the decision to overturn it usually because right. all the players will just challenge, but right. um, yeah, the line judges, yeah, whatever. They're human and they make mistakes and then they get the players agitated and it takes right. more time. So right. yeah, I say be done with them. Never use them again. I'm with you. I'm with you. But it's been a great season and I'm, ha I'm just, I, you know, I see people fall off and I go, oh man, but it was such a great match. So there's been a lot of good tennis going on. We'll see. We'll see. I know Djokovic will definitely, because now. Uh, Djokovic will get the calendar slam. I think he well, will because I don't know the I don't know what the draws are and who he can possibly meet in the finals because they haven't been I the app doesn't show the draws like it should like I have to go out and research it and take a look at it but I don't know if he can meet Medvedev I think they're in the same draw. Well, it depends on what side. No, Medvedev is ranked number two, so he's on the opposite side of the draw from okay. Novak. Okay, so it okay. could okay. be a Djokovic Medvedev. And I think that's what it's going to wind up being, but that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. You know, Jonathan was getting me riled up because Djokovic tonight is playing this American kid, Brooksby, who took oh, out yeah. the other day. And, you know, first of all, because Jonathan's like, yeah, the kid has kind of like an unusual game. So I watched a little bit of that match last night, and I'm just like, I just don't really see how this kid is going to give Novak – a problem. First of all, he doesn't even his he serves like 105. His yeah, second serve is in the 80s. He has a ridiculous. He has a. I can't even believe he made it on the pro tour with the serve he has. His t abbreviated tennis serve motion is ridiculous, and he has like a. I guess he doesn't hit the ball with topspin, so he hits it flat. But I don't even think he hits it that hard. He's consistent, is what Jonathan said. But I'm like, well, who's the most consistent, you know, player probably on tour right now? Who's the best returner in the game? Djokovic. Right. So anyway, right. hopefully I'm not jinxing him, but I just don't know why this Brooksby kid would pose any really big problem for Novak tonight. But. And, that, and then the Saturday is the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Oh, okay. You're completely jumping around on us, MB. We're talking about... U.S. Open, and now you're you're bringing us on to a different topic. But yes, that is correct. The 20th anniversary of 9/11. All right. There's probably just, too much to unpack there. Just to uh, well, I don't know what part of the draw this is, but just to go back to that for a second. Today we're looking at Djokovic and Brooksby, Ott or Oat and Berrettini, Devrev and Sinner, and Opeka and Harris. Yeah, Oat. Uh, the German guy, I heard he clocked a serve in at 151 miles per hour this tournament. Wow. Huh. Yep. Did not know that. Yeah, yeah, so that's just the quarter. That's the quarter draw, right? That gets you to the yes, quarterfinals. Quarter, yeah. yeah. How's, we don't know what the other half is. How's, how's, your do how's Naomi doing? Naomi doing? Oh, yeah. So, yep. She's doing okay, you know, she's finding her way. She started some classes. She 
thankfully lucked out with her new roommate. They're good friends. They get along. They do stuff together. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I just got back in town yesterday. Last night, I was gone for so long. It was starting to get a little exhausting. I didn't spend all that time with Naomi, of course, but I was in the area, spent some time with my family, hung out with my nephew a bunch, and now here I am back in Florida trying to reacclimate and get some sun. The sun yeah, came careful. back out. Be careful. Hallelujah. Be careful. In the sun? Yeah, be careful in the sun. I know. I have my sunscreen on. Uh, yeah, I, I played tennis Saturday. This pat yesterday, you mean? Or two days ago? Two days ago. Nice. Then I went walking today. I know, uh, the yep, exercise. How are you getting exercise at school, MB? They have a gym on campus. Oh, cool. nice. Did I see? Did you do an indoor walk on a treadmill? Yeah. Cool. I do that sometimes. Nice. Sometimes I do an indoor run on the treadmill at my fitness center. Yeah. yeah. Running is horrible. I what do you mean running is horrible? I don't mean running so <laughs> nothing. Running. I'm running. <laughs> Marissa just wants to run around on the tennis court. Yeah, that's that's about it. And when I have to run, I get irritated with my partner. I'm like, dude, don't make me run. Don't make me <laughs> run. <laughs> and it's usually Jojo I'm yelling at. I'm like, come on, Jojo, stop making me run. But then I say it's okay. I'll just get yeah. on my stand today. And I do, and that's all that matters. Yep. I think I'll be playing with. Here's my la my last tennis thing. I'll say I'm, I'm probably going to play JoJo with JoJo all season, which makes me happy. I'm in my happy place. Oh, okay. Well, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Having a dedicated partner. Yeah, and we play well together, and we have a lot of fun. So that's really all it's about for me. I mean, if I'm out there having fun, it's it's good stuff. I'm so ready to bring out my long sleeves. <laughs> I'm, not. I'm not not yet a couple more weeks yeah a couple more weeks and then i'll start bringing them out yeah i don't know i don't know when i bring out long sleeves here in florida i feel like maybe not for a while mm. got a nice little temperature going here all right so what does everybody have planned for the rest of their day today hanging out with my sister that's right you gotta go off to lunch at 12.30. All right. And then you're going to head back to school. Yep. Nice. So uh, the, the teacher that I have for my criminal justice class uh -huh. is a, handles gang investigations. Oh, wow. yeah? For who? Gwinnett County. Wow. Okay. So, all right. So, yeah. So you're winding back up to the college life. Sorry, what did you say you were doing the rest of the day, Marissa? I'm working out, and then I have some little projects I'm going to start planning out. I have to do laundry, too, so it's, it'll be a nice, relaxing day. I don't plan on doing anything that requires me to do any heavy lifting. Nice. What about yeah, you? I'm going to do the basics, too, but trying to spend time with Jonathan and Vivian. So that's what I'm going to go off and do. I'm going to drag them around with me since I didn't. <laughs> is vivian and how is jonathan yeah oh you know they're they're just they're surviving i guess oh you know what i do have another piece of tennis information it's just a little tidbit that i i found out august play tell jonathan this he played our neighbor uh michael the other day uh -huh. yeah beat him nice like, made michael really work too apparently so that nice that's 
kind of happy, but I haven't I haven't heard anything else about it. But that's good. funny. It is funny. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And then uh, I think August is on a B1 18 and under juniors team that starts this Saturday. So we'll see how that goes. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. And that's right, my all right. Well, MB, anything else before we wrap up the MB corner portion of the podcast? No. All right. Then let's say bye for now. Bye for now. All right. Let me stop that recording. <laughs>